Welcome to PodTech.net here at Adobe's corporate headquarters with Tom Hale, the Senior Vice President of Knowledge Worker Solutions Business Unit. Uh, Kubu for short. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you do? <laughs> it's knowledge uh, workers. Yeah, so you know what? I think the thing about knowledge workers is that there's as many different kinds of knowledge workers as there are people with computers. Yeah. Um, so it's a pretty broad thing. Uh, if you were to really say what I do at Adobe, you know, I worry about the Acrobat business. I worry about the PDF file format. I worry about how knowledge worker use Adobe tools to collaborate and communicate and work with each other. And it's if you define collaboration as getting work done, it's I worry about people who use Adobe tools to get work done. What we're going to talk about in this podcast about really about collaboration in a context of a whole new world order. I mean, obviously, Adobe's got a huge brand. Everyone knows and trusts, and everyone knows about PDFs, and it's really about beyond the PDF and uh, files and stuff. The world, people calling it Web 2.0, Internet 2.0, global world. How does collaboration uh, fit into that? How has the knowledge worker concept, which has been around for a while, evolved? How, what are some of the things that you've seen and seeing out there? You know, I, I always believe that you should look at the teenagers <laughs> first to, to see how uh, they're actually communicating and how they're sharing information because they live in a much richer digital life than maybe we do. And, and to the degree that they're sort of the model for how work gets done in the future, you should look at them. So, you know, you look at teenagers. What do you, what do you see? Okay, you see mobile devices. You see uh, instant messaging. You see multitasking, you know, to the nth degree where it's, you got seven IM windows open, and you know you're you're chatting in three of them simultaneously. It's digitally rich. Like they, you know, their world is digital media, photos, uh, MP3s, video that they downloaded. It's links. It's hey, let me point you to this and point you to that. If if you look at that kind of kind of cluster of phenomena, which are which are real and observable, then you sort of say, all right, well, how do you take those phenomena and, and what's their relevance and how would they be applied in, in a workplace context? And, and I think as we as we look at that, particularly as you think of you know why why we're relevant uh, to this space, you know clearly our kind of unique, interesting value add in this space is about helping people cross boundaries, and that's because we're the you know we're the uh, company that helps you with technologies that are on every machine. You know, flash players on every machine. The PDF file format is understood by everybody, and everybody has a copy of Reader to open it. And like, you know, we're not going to force you to have to have our native software that you paid for to open our file, right? You have a free thing, you can look at it. You want to go to the web and see some content, flash is free, you can download it. So uh, our, our position on this is we think that knowledge workers want to communicate, we think they want to work together. They don't always control the platforms on which they're working with other people on. So they can't control the IT infrastructure of the people they might be working with, whether they're partners or colleagues or in a small business, you know, somebody that they're a supplier or a vendor. Uh, they can't control that. And so if they can't control that, how do you make the experience of working together effective and efficient and not require them to have to invest in a bunch of software. And I think that's the, that's kind of the, the opportunity that we see is helping people cross boundaries around collaboration. Talk about the kids' things. That's interesting because that really is a, really about crossing the boundaries because kids have no bias towards They want free music. Everyone else wants people to pay. Yeah. Um, they have multiple formats. They don't really think about things like Microsoft Office Suite. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're like, you know, I'll take it for free. Whatever makes it work. Um, how is that, you know, cutting across, you know, this common commodity of the Internet? I mean, the Internet really is the new operating system. It's not about the PC anymore, so to speak. Well, in, in some sense, I think they are exactly modeling the fact that if you're a kid and you want to connect with somebody for whatever reason, 
somewhere else, you, you don't control their computing infrastructure either, right? Exactly. So, you know, what are all the ways you might communicate with them? Well, IM is a way you might communicate with them. You might just publish a blog, and they might come to your blog and see your information. Well, you know, you might send them a document. What document format are you going to send in? Well, you, you know, you may not even think of it that way. You may not even think of sending them a document. But but the fact is is that, what, you know, what, what we see is that people are going from just like, uh, content consumers to active content producers, and I think among among the kids, that's a really interesting phenomenon. You, you talk about mashups and content mashups, and to some degree, their content, which may be the result of working together with other people. I found the the, the song I like because of you, and I found the you know the picture that I that I thought was hot because of you, and I use I have and my own remixing it too, and I'm mixing it up and I'm presenting it right because yeah. that's me, and I am my media. And if you think that's true of kids, kids are their media. Guess what? I am my work. You know, because I'm a I'm a working knowledge worker professional, and I, I have I have my my media life as well. But my my work is what represents me. So how do I manage that? How do I interact with that? How do I share that? How do I get other people to contribute to it? How do I do it more efficiently? How do I do it more effectively? I think we can look at the models of how digital content and digital interactions and digital communication and the fact that I've got this machine where I'm storing all my stuff, whether it's you know in the cloud or on my laptop or in my iPod, how is that going to be translated to collaboration? So again, we, we think about, you know, we, we scope collaboration down, you know, we think about okay, what are the boundaries we want to cross, right? We want to cross boundaries of time and space. Okay, well the internet's really good at that, right? It sort of abstracts distance and it abstracts time because I can post something somewhere and someone can get it at a different time. And by the way, anyone can see it. Um, but more importantly, we start thinking about kind of the workplace boundaries. Like, it's very easy to get people on a small team to work together. Okay, how about a bigger organization? Well, that's harder. How about people outside your organization? Well, that's harder. What about two big, big organizations? Well, that's really, really hard. What are the ways you can help that happen? And what can you learn from the way kids are communicating or the way, uh, you know, early adopter uh, collaborators are communicating. So we think about those boundaries. The other one, and this is an observation about collaboration in general, is that the social aspect of collaboration is really important. Because it's psychology. I mean, it's like, it's like boundaries. It's like, hey, watch your boundaries in life, right? In, in software, I have my choices. You have choices. Is it an issue anymore, or is it? How you, what research are you guys seeing out there? It's like, is the format, is it a technical issue? Is it the software, or is it more of a choice issue? You know, I think it, it comes down a lot to sort of the, uh, a, a choice issue about how you work. Uh, let's just take a spectrum of workers. You know, some people like to throw a bunch of ideas up in the air, get into a whiteboard, you know, throw it, write it all down, and brainstorm and all that crazy stuff. Some people really like structure. Tell me what my job is. Put it in a box. Con, you know, constrain it. Tell me what my task is. I'm going to get really good at that. You know, and, and by the way, those, those variations, if you put those at either end of a spectrum, there's a million variations in between that that relates to the variations of human people. Okay? So when you want to get those people working together, classic example, you want the engineering guy and the marketing guy working together, you have to take into account that there's a social dynamic there. There's yeah. social dynamics of status. There's social dynamics of knowledge. There's social dynamics of, of skills. You know, maybe the engineering guy, you know, forgive me everybody on this podcast, maybe the engineering guy can't communicate as well. Maybe the marketing guy, you know, isn't as smart. I don't know. But how do you, how do you account for those boundaries? And I think, it, it, generally speaking, if you think about collaboration, they have to work together, though. That's oh, at the end of the day, they that, have to make it work. Well, in fact, they, you know, it's not like they're not working together, right? <laughs> Lots of businesses are yeah. building things and exactly. providing services. The, the question is, can you make that better? Can you make it cheaper? Can you make it faster? Can you make the experience of being a knowledge worker better? And I think again, talk about that. Some of the some of the theories and, and hypotheses you guys had, and, you, and as you talk to people. 
What comes out of that? Well, it, essentially, we've just done this bank of research, and so I'll share you some of the insights. Um, it, the first thing is, like, the, the experience of being a knowledge worker is a little bit overwhelming these days. And I don't know if anybody identifies with this, but, you know, for me, it's like I've got my trio, I've got my email, I've got, you know, my work queue, I've got the forms I need to fill. You know, I've got all these things that are sort of demanding my time and attention, and the truth is all I'm really looking forward to is, like, give me a six-hour block on the weekend where I can get some work done. And I think, so that's a general sort of thesis about people who are working today with knowledge and information is that it's a little bit overwhelming. It's a little bit of an overload. And so managing and filtering that is, is something that we need to do. Now, clearly, go back to the kids. Kids are good at that, right? They're probably better at it than we are, but, but that's, that's one hypothesis. Um, another one is that, um, you know, when, when you get into the kinds of work that actually crosses boundaries, it's actually much harder than it needs to be. So, again, working outside of the company. Give me an example of that. Uh, well, let's say you're a lawyer working on a contract. Right? You know, the way your company deals with contracts from a technology standpoint, what format do they go in? How do you like to have those edited? How do you track changes? You know, how do you know that the, the other lawyer you're working with, you know, is on the same version rev of the software that you're on? You don't. And that's an example. A, a more pronounced one might be any kind of design workflow where, let's take CAD for example, where you know, a knowledge worker is designing a part and he needs to talk to a dis, uh, sort of a distributed set of people in, in his supply chain to make sure that part gets manufactured cheaply. There's barriers of language. You, know, you may be working with a supplier in China or Latin America. You may be working with you know, barriers of company size, small company to large company. Maybe, you know, these, all these barriers are they're, they're, they're actual barriers that, that things like software can help ameliorate. Right? You can actually make those barriers mm -hmm. lower yeah. if you can do that. Um, you know, a, a, another one is, generally speaking, knowledge workers, they tend not to want to start from a blank slate. You know, they tend to want to reuse content and this reuse is, this work. This is remixing. Yeah, it's remixing in the work context, level. right? It's like, you know, if, I, if I'm creating a presentation, uh, you know, starting from uh, the presentation that the person who was working on this idea before and working from that is actually better. If I'm trying to fit into the marketing look, it's even more so because I don't want to have to redesign everything. I'm going to draw on the company template. So it's also time, too. People will have a lot of, you said you want your block of time. If someone's got the presentation work done, you can edit it. And and you it. remix it, yeah. right? So remixing your work is an important one. Another one is knowledge worker mashups. Knowledge worker mashups to, to throw some Web 2.0 buzzwords at you. So here, here's another one, this idea of, of, of business TiVo. You know, this is yeah, an idea that I we popularized that. a couple of years ago, which was this idea that you know, if knowledge workers have a fixed amount of time and part of their job is transmitting knowledge into other people, um, you know, if you can make people more effective and more efficient in consuming information by time shifting or place shifting, that's a really powerful idea. And so we had this idea of taking a PowerPoint presentation, annotating it with your voice, bundling it up in a package, and making it available to URL. And the idea was, and this is, this is purely from personal experience, uh, you know, I, I, I do a lot of presentations, and so if, I was, if there was a way that I could bundle up my best presentation and make it available to people around the globe, then guess what? I didn't have to fly around the globe to see them. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to you know, do the presentation ten times a day until my voice was hoarse. And by the way, the presentation I gave was the yeah. best one I could possibly give. You syndicated it. I syndicated it. I yeah. took advantage of the distribution medium of the Internet to make sure that people could consume this information in a way that was both effective and efficient. Okay, great. So those are, those are some of the sort of hypotheses that we're working with. And, and you know, you can add, you can layer on things like that. There's you know. huge benefits to that. I mean, anyone who has TiVo, you mentioned business TiVo, has says it's changed their life. I have kids. I guess Craig, totally. watch their program. This is the same kind of thing. I mean, not flying around the world. Gives you control over your life, right? Go back totally. to the knowledge worker being harried totally. and, like, never having enough time and, the, you know, my cell phone's always ringing. It's like, 
you know what, here's some control back for you. You don't have to fly to that meeting in Chicago. Do it as a web conference, you know. Hey, people will be healthier, you know. <laughs> these, these are the small contributions that we make to the world. This is, you know. Changing people's lives through collaboration. These are, these are noble things. I, I, you know, collaboration is such a big word. Yeah, yeah. It's such a, you know, it's like, it's literally like doing work. So, yeah. so we, when we talk about collaboration, we're very quickly trying to say, like, look, what are we talking about? We're talking about documents. You know, when, when you're creating a PDF and you're publishing a PDF, you're, that's not an ordinary document. Like, you don't take your emails and convert them to PDF. You know, in some cases, lawyers do, but, you know, mostly you don't. You take a final document that's been polished, you've worked on it, probably represents the works of, you know, maybe more than five people. There's different applications that are involved. You know, some are graphical, some are 2D design, some are, you know, Excel and Word, and you kind of create, you're creating this document. And so we, we think about collaboration on those kinds of documents. We call them high-value documents, not, you know, typing up a, a memo. You yeah. know what I mean? That's not important to us. That, I mean, it's important, but it's not, not critical to us. Um, you know, visually rich uh, content, which, which requires visual collaboration because you need, you know, you need the visual reference. Yeah. Things that are high-value yeah, marketing is a good example of that. Like, there's the brand and the essence and the imagery. Like, a lot of money and effort goes into creating that stuff. Okay, so we think about documents. Then we also think about how do we connect people to documents. And, you know, we're starting to think about how people and documents relate. Like, you know, if you're the author of the document, great. You, when I read your document, I have a relationship with you. I know what you're thinking. This document represents you. Yeah. What if I want to have a richer relationship? What if I want to IM you? What if I want to communicate with you? What if I want to build a relationship? What are the mechanisms about that document that we can use to connect In the people? old way, you're in the same office. You get into a conference room. You ha hash it out, and you move on. Yeah. But if you're across the globe or whatever. Across the globe, you're not in the same space. How do you, how do you connect? Yeah. Also, like if you're in a big organization, you know, I might be reading a document. I've never met you. How do, I, how do I use that document as a stepping stone to build a relationship? Going back to the idea that collaboration is social. The social collaboration. You know, we talk a lot about the topography of organizations. And, mm -hmm. and if you think about organizational topography, there's a couple high points on that map. And you know those high points? Those are people who are like high-value nodes of information. The guy who knows everything. He's either been here for a million years or he's just really smart or he's really connected. Like, how do you get to that guy? Well, you know what? You might read his document. You know, or you might be distributed on an email. Yeah. So how do you get to that people? So we're thinking about how documents can connect people. We also think about how, how people connect to share content, so real-time collaboration where you and I get into some kind of, you know, digital space and we're sharing information. You know, I'm showing you my screen or I'm showing you a document or I'm giving you a presentation or, or I, yeah. you know, how, I, how do I take my digital world and make it part of your digital world? Okay, how do we do that? That's, that's another one. So you're saying social and knowledge intersects there because, in a way, that's what it's all about, well, authoritative knowledge transfer. I, I think that's right. I think, you know, you go, you go back to, again, our thesis is Adobe cares about the, the high-value content, right? That's, that's where we live. We live in the, uh, the realm of the high-value content and, and the stuff that makes it into PDF. What's the, what, are the, what are the patterns and communities and relationships that evolve around that? And then we think about high-value relationships between people and people. And what are, the, what are the mechanisms that you can use to create high-value relationships and how do you express them and how do they become, how do they become meaningful? Um, and, you know, w we, think, we think a lot about the, the fact that Gosh, you know what? A lot of the high-value content in the world is in PDF, and, and you know you can you can debate this to, to the cows come home. But if you do a Google search, you'll find that you know there's 200 million PDFs according to Google, and there's something like on the on the internet, and there's something like you know I don't know 30 million .dot doc files. Okay, well, what does that say? Well, it says that PDF is great for you know being consumed on the internet because everyone can view it. They don't have to worry about having some kind of special viewer because yeah. they've already got the reader, or whatever. The, the, the fact of that is, is that, okay, let's t what, what can you do with that? Well, you can connect people. 
you know, what's interesting is you're the author and I'm the consumer of the document. We've got a connection. How do we make that connection better? But what if you're the author of the document, I'm a consumer, and he's a consumer? How do we connect? Because you know what? If we're doing something, let's say it's about, you know, I'm a doctor and we're learning about uh, a specialized procedure for saving someone's life. You've put some information into a document. How do I get him, who is also interested in that same thing, he might have a different perspective or an experience or something that when we get together, we've created some kind of new bit of knowledge that is incredibly valuable because he's got experiences that are different from So mine. you're saying collaboration is really evolving so fast where the knowledge is, or the origination, say the PDF, in, evolves to where people start consuming it, their intentions need to be uh, intersected there. So they want more. They yeah. want to connect with the people. They want to I am them, do something with it. And, and by the way, I'm not just saying this. If you look at the way the yeah. web is evolving, yeah. right? And, and by the web, I mean HTML and browsers and like the social aspects of the web. First of all, they're, they're kind of omnipresent because you've got a server that's mediating. You know, I look at this document and he looks at this document. You've got an opportunity to do that. The problem is, is that one of the, the challenges is that when you're disconnected or if you're behind a firewall or you know, you're viewing the document you know, 10 revs from now um, and it's not connected to the server anymore, it's sort of become its, you know, its view, how do you make those connections, those live connections? Let's drill down on that because we talked a lot about the social crossover, you know, instead of crossing the boundaries, which you mentioned earlier, the technical piece. Talk yeah. quickly about some of those issues and crossing that boundary. Because um, that is a big issue, firewall, can I connect? Or? Yeah, so, so, I mean, at a very base level, PDF is an incredibly trusted format. Right? There yeah. are very few firewall, virus, spam filter it's things that just like blow up a PDF a when it hits your company. It's, it's, it's a standard. standard. And people trust it. And, it. and honestly, if something's made it into PDF, then probably it's not, you know, it's probably some valuable content or relatively valuable content. Enough that they don't want anyone to manipulate it and, and touch it. And, yeah, and, 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 and so, so, the, so there's, there's, there's that. Um, there's also this, um, this idea that if you're going to be doing things digitally between two machines, you're probably going to want to have some software on both of those machines that uh, you know works together well, or maybe you know a way of thinking about it is the same runtime, is the same engine for executing code logic or rendering documents or whatever, because you start to have a common platform for you know even if you're on different hardware or maybe on different software, you've got something that's common. And, and, and to, to just put a fine point on this. You know, we the Flash Player, this little tiny piece of software that's in your browser that you probably think of as the thing that lets you see, you know, interesting animated content on the web or ads. You know, some people don't like the ads that they get. That Flash Player is on 97% of desktops. Okay, internet connected desktops. So basically, if you're on the internet, you've probably got the Flash Player installed in your machine. So what does that mean? Well, it means a couple things. It means one. If I create some content that the Flash Player consumes, you and I will have the same more, experience. Yeah, more content availability. In, in the collaboration context, if I've never met you before and I want to have a rich online meeting, we can get into a rich online meeting and I may have the Flash Player and you may have the Flash Player and all of a sudden there is a, a world of capabilities between yeah. us that's opened up. So we can talk voice over IP. We can use our webcams. And you know what? You don't have to download yeah. some piece of software before, I, before we built a relationship because the software you already have, we can build, we can, I can say, this is what happens. Let me give you that. This is very concrete. In my world, I have this uh, online meeting room. It's called you know, adobe.breeacentral.com slash Tom. It is my digital office. And you know what? Like my office, it's actually messy. I leave things there. I go to it all the time. People go there, and I'm not there. 
And the truth is, is that the great thing about that office is I'll get on the phone with somebody and they'll be saying, hey, well, what about this? And I'll say, you know, that's a, that's a great point. You know, I've got a really interesting, you know, diagram, presentation slide, blah, 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 that might be relevant to this. Let me go to my office, find that piece of content, and invite you into my room. Yeah. Now, to invite you into my room, all I say to you is go to adobe.briecentral.com slash Tom. And you're like, what? And I say adobe.briecentral.com slash Tom. And you're like, okay. and Because you, you know how to type into a web browser, right? Yeah. So you type that in. And all of a sudden, because you've already got the software, we're in this shared space. Okay, well, that's interesting. It's a rich shared space because I can turn on my webcam, you can see my face. I can talk to you. Relationships. I can build a social relationship, and it becomes richer, and it becomes, I can bring digital yeah. content to bear on it. Okay, great. That's a real example. That exists today. Yeah, we sell this, and yeah, you know, exactly. you, you can go and buy it if you want. We are flesh players. Right. right. Your flesh players <laughs> but, are on but, our, but our you, site you, for our podcast. You would ask, like, <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the technology that's relevant here? Yeah. And the relevancy is that the flash player is on everyone's machine, and so the social barrier for us building a relationship and the technical barrier is lowered because yeah. you don't have to download and install and configure something, and I don't have to impose on your time and say, well, take a couple of minutes to download install this, this thing yeah. so we can have this rich experience. It's like, no, it's very seamless and very transparent, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's, very, that's very valuable. And, and um, you know, we, we have this concept of in collaboration, um, People tend to collaborate when it benefits themselves. <laughs> you know? And, and Self-motivated self it's, it's goals. It's like me, me is greater than you. What's in it for me? <laughs> and, and, and I think you know, a lot of collaboration software has been around for a long time, and it kind of posits this ideal world where everybody comes together in a nirvana of hand-holding, and we all share. And you know, the truth is, is that email is very asymmetrical. I can send an email to all of you, and it's very good for me because I just communicated with you very effectively. Right? I may have wasted a bunch of your time because you know it's not relevant to nine of the ten people I sent the email to, and we've all experienced this in you know email threads that don't matter to us. IM is the same way. It's very valuable for me to IM you and get you, but you know what? If you're in a meeting or if I'm your wife and I say hey poopsie or whatever, you know it's it's actually bad for you. It's a detriment. <laughs> so the truth is though, both of those collaboration technologies yeah. rocketed <laughs> in terms of adoption, and everyone uses them all the day, all yeah. day, all the time. Okay, so we believe that to be true, and so some of the some of our philosophy around this is, don't reinvent that. You know, if someone knows how to do something, if someone gets the me benefit greater than the team, then let's design to that. Going back to this sort of online space where you collaborate, the the me benefit is, um, you know, I, I can share things with you if you accept it. The you benefit is is that you have no technology barrier to climb. It's over enabled to already. I mean, and the young kids too who think email is, is for old people, but you know, you also got you know me rich media on their end. So yeah. you're really crossing over both areas. You got you know existing legacy stuff, email instant message, and then new stuff, media. Yeah, and, and we believe that that you know kids are way more comfortable than media than even old you know thirty year old farts like you and me are. You know? Well, a lot of people you know have been talking about this for a while. Knowledge worker really in the enterprise or, or in the corporate world is really the consumer environment. There's really no more enterprise, so to speak, landscape. It's all internet based, and 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 that's huge. So, well. so, so, so I just want to wrap up on one of the ideas that you had asked about, which is like, what are the technology aspects? And I think one important dynamic. We talked a lot about like the the benefits of collaboration with the individual, right? You know, collaborative technologies can help my life be better because I don't have to travel to Chicago. Collaboration technology can make it better because I can publish a document and I can trust that you'll see it. Collaboration technology is good because I can hold an online meeting and everyone will get into it and they don't have to download software. Okay, those are all, all good things. What's interesting is those are all cases that benefit the individual. And when you talk about collaboration in a work context, there's another player at the table. And that player is, you know, call them your boss, call it the company you work for, call it the industry you're in. And, and many times those, call it IT, you know, they want control, right? 
Yeah. They want you to collaborate, but you know, don't do crazy things with the company property there. You know, don't don't just publish that yeah. stuff. Don't write the blog and with get all the, the job done that you were hired to do. Exactly. <laughs> don't 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 spend your time downloading MP3s, right? Um, from your from your collaborative network. Unless they're podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Unless they're podcasts. Um, go podtech. And the the interesting thing is that that dynamic between individual benefit and organizational benefit is really not. I don't contentious is the wrong word, but you have to solve both. Classes of problems. It's at odds if you force stuff down people's throats. Like, I mean, classic example: enterprise software. Okay, we made a decision. You need to use this package. Yeah. It's new. We have training class. Like, we, I, I use other things. Well, well guess I mean, what? That actually might work behind the firewall. But the second I go out the outside the firewall, exactly, there's no yeah. way that I can yeah. force you. Let's say to we're two download. lawyers working to like to go and do something that my oh, right. IT department wants you to do. You're like, uh-uh, totally. my IT department doesn't want me to do that. So, yeah, so that, exactly. that no one, tension, that's, that's gone. That, those days are over. Totally. And that tension, you know, as you think about kind of the proliferation of spam and, you know, yeah, viruses, yeah. that tension is real. And, you know, it's, it's an inhibitor to collaboration, but it, it's also a, it's an opportunity for companies like Adobe with trusted formats and, you know, things that cross platforms and devices and trusted runtimes and all that stuff. It gives us an opportunity. I'll give you an example of one, which is this idea of control, right? Controlling information in the digital realm is um, pretty much next to impossible, right? Because as soon as, uh, you know, it could be a link, it can be a document. Because on the cloud, it's it, gone. It's free, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's yeah. going to go everywhere. And if it's, the, the more interesting it is, the faster it moves. And so the challenge is there is some information that you actually do need to control, okay, for legal, you know, yeah. legal reasons or the SEC doesn't want you, you know, announcing your release uh, of your earnings before the, you know, before you make it available to the entire market. So one of the things that you, you think about with documents that have this, these, you know, interesting capacities around collaboration, one of them is you can control who you collaborate with. Go back to documents and people being two things that yeah. come together. You know, I can, I can take a document and I can say that this document is smart. It knows its policy. It knows that you policy. can open it, but you can't. And it knows that you can open it for the next 24 hours, but when you go offline, you can't. It knows that you can't copy it. It knows that smart you document. can't screen cap. You can't screen cap it. It knows you can't print it. Um, it knows um, that you know what if I fire Bob and he had access to the document. As soon as I fire, is that Bob, available today? Yeah, it is. It's it's a it's called Policy Server and it's basically a connection between the document and the server and you write the policies on the server and they become associated with the document. So like legal firms and like um, consulting big. It's I you know where it is. It's it's all this space called information assurance, and information assurance is relevant in places like the government. You know, financial like the markets. financial markets, where where like the value of information Sarbanes is so obsolete. incredibly high, yeah. um, or the risk is so incredibly high if that if that information escapes regulations, regulation and, yeah. stuff, and 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 so so you stuff. know where where people really really need control is where that comes into play, and and it's a hot area because you know again it's it's uh, if you think about the you know the the damage that information do, can do, the you know you might want to. Protect the information. Now, take it on the other side. That was information leaks causing problems. There's also your intellectual property. You think about the number of businesses today that are dependent on intellectual property that their knowledge workers are producing and uh, encapsulating in digital format. You know what? It's think about the nuclear bomb secrets that get leaked, right? Well, the government's got a vested interest in other people not having nuclear bomb secrets. Well, okay, that's pretty hard. And if you you know search hard enough on the internet, you might find something that helps you. But if it's been digitally locked or controlled or secured, you know, it's going to be harder to get there. And I think that's, going back to this dynamic between the individual benefit and the organizational benefit and the, the tension and desire for individual knowledge workers to do things that help them 
and you know maybe don't help other people sometimes, but maybe they do, and organizations desire for control. That tension is 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 important and something where I think Adobe has an interesting position and role to play in, in helping move that forward. So, so the final question for you on this collaboration uh, podcast is, and I'll give you some time to think about it, um, is uh, where is collaboration going to be in five years? And, and, and while you're thinking about that, I'll just say that we're here with uh, Tom Hale, the Senior Vice President at Adobe, who has an opinion on this area, heads up the Knowledge Worker Business Unit, has access to a ton of research and existing product development, and has a good view of the landscape and, and Web 2.0 and the whole world. Um, what's going to be different next five years? Obviously, what we just talked about is, is awesome remixing and impacts technically crossing boundaries, social inter social collaboration, intersecting with knowledge and relationships. What's, what's next? And so the, the first thing that I'll say is I think there's going to be more of it. Um, if you think about kind of collaboration technologies, broadly speaking, in the, in the knowledge worker enterprise space, it's just crossing the chasm, which means that like 25% of people maybe are up to speed on it, enabled, and are using it. So I think what you'll see is that it'll be much more common. It'll be much more frequent. That's the first thing. Uh, second thing, and this is kind of a no-brainer, it's going to be much more mobile. So it'll be much more, um, you know, less tied to your desktop and more tied to where you are. Third thing is that I think a lot of it's going to be in the cloud, whether it's an enterprise cloud where you're accessing, you know, stores of data and, and functionality that the enterprise has provided to you. Like universal access anywhere, cafe, you know. But, but within, you know, within some kind of boundary that says this is the edge of my enterprise and, and you know, we're going to let outside partners who are part of our extended enterprise in, but you know what, it's not for everybody. Or in the cloud, in the Google model where it's for everybody and, you know, you know yeah, you've got a username and password that's right, yeah, you can come in. I think those are two different spaces, but you're going to see a lot more of that. Um, I think the third thing is that it's going to be a lot more m media and visually rich. Um, you know, you, you know, there's a nirvana of sort of multimedia documents, but I don't think I don't think we're going to get there. But the truth is, is that, you know what, digital cameras, cheaper, smaller, faster. Everyone's got one, right? Yeah. And you know, you, you, let me give you the example of the insurance agent. You know, what does an insurance agent do? He goes and takes photos of your car and emails it back to the head office to say this guy's, you know, trying to rip me off for the. You know, for the insurance premium, and that becomes a legal exhibit in the lawsuit that follows on. So, digital content is exploding and will continue to explode and will be richer. You know, instead of being a, a you know a still, it'll be a video, and the video will include the guy talking about the accident. And you know what? You'll look at that guy. I don't trust him. <laughs> you so know, real, because real-time communication integrated into life. Exactly. It's it's it's. And so I, I believe those those are those are things that are going that are that are coming. And 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 then I think, honestly, I think that you know the sort of organizational tension between individuals and organizational needs, like that tension will be probably more pronounced. You know, and I, and I think you're gonna see What breaks that? What what what's the tipping point there? Is it the users revolting? Is you, it IT giving in? Is as it, as well just you know take take your uh, take your own IT experience of your of your kids, right? You know, you're the IT administrator for your home computer. <laughs> How much software gets onto your home computer that you don't know about or what they're doing? You, you don't know. And I think, yeah. I think as that generation emerges into the workforce and as you know, uh, older folks become more comfortable with this kind of technology or adopting technology and to solve their problems. open standards or oh, you're firefighting all day. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to go fast. And, and I think you know, it's, it's a challenge to IT departments to say, how do you, uh, I think Microsoft calls it, you know, how do you make your organization people ready? And it's not about cookie cutter, this is what people have to do in this company, although to some degree you want to control that. It's going to be about how do you make them as good at their job as they can possibly be and give them enough leeway that they can innovate and create and be more productive. Because it's not going to be one tool set that's going to do it. 
we have an amazing future ahead of us. Obviously, the rich media, which I'm a huge fan of, is great, and we're seeing the social collaboration going on now, and um, it's a lot of action, a lot of, lot of real stuff developing. Yeah. And, and of course, we're, we're coming into that with a new product release that you know, has a bunch of capabilities that should help knowledge workers uh, communicate and collaborate more effectively and with greater confidence. So, Tom Hale, we're excited. Tom Hale, Senior Vice President, uh, Knowledge Worker Business Unit. Thanks for the podcast.